This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, Charlie. Good morning. Good morning. Franklin Proctor here, the sous chef of the garden, uh, getting ready to uh, approach another Saturday. This this Saturday, it uh, looks very cloudy, though, but... Wild. Wow. Temp is up there around 7, 8 degrees. We're I'm wearing running shoes today. Are you really? Out of yeah. my boots for the first time in <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah, what a nice feeling, huh? Yeah. The first little hint of uh, spring, I you know. know. It's really been feeling a bit springy because when the sun comes out, don't you feel the intensity oh, of that absolutely. sun? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Get yeah. out of the wind and so it's kind yeah. of nice out there. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of sun, well, you first yeah. give the numbers and then I'm going to want to give you a very hard time. <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> as if there's anything new. All righty. In in Toronto, you want to get a hold of Charlie Dobbin, by all means, give this number a call, 416-360-0740. Anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Please remember our little mantra, call early, call often, one question per call, though. And uh, if you're a first-time caller... Please let Sebastian, our operator, know, and he will pass the word along to me. And when you get to the air, that will precede you. Your little welcoming bell to get your garden wings. Garden wings. And, of course, uh, are we going to... Keep that available because oh yeah, I would I'll like leave it in your in your care. Uh, our that? listeners to know that Don't you will it. not be here for the next two Saturdays. <laughs> That's just <laughs> you know, poor well, you. Oh, I know. You have to get uh, on a plane and fly all the way to the Dominican I'm Republic. Forced to, you know. <laughs> I, just, I, I didn't really want to go. But, I'm sure. You know, <laughs> Eighty degree weather and stuff uh, yeah, like that. Lush, you know, sand and surf and food. Poolside and, bar. Exactly. I, you know, swim up. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. My, my heart is really, really going out to you. I know. <laughs> so I hate you, and I just want to you know, put well, that on the record. Thank okay? you very much. Okay. Uh, however, Sean James, who you might yeah. remember, he's been here in the past, yep. uh, will be joining in lieu of you not being here. Sean will be here. Well, I guess maybe Sean will be the sous chef. We'll see how we work this out. Uh, okay. Of the, of the it's a difficult job. It know? is. Oh, I hope man. he's listening right now, so he's like, you know, taking notes. Uh, and then, of course, he'll have to be in charge of the bell, too. <laughs> there you also next week, so yeah. that's Sean, of course, will be here next week and the following Saturday. But next week, special guest Terry Kennedy will be joining as well. She is the woman who the first yeah, introduced yeah. us to the whole Southern Ontario Orchid Society event, which happens uh, uh, Valentine's weekend at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. And uh, she is an orchid specialist. Uh, Bar none. So any question about orchids, that would be the time to go. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So save your orchid questions for next Saturday, and she will be here to uh, okay. tune you right into how to... 
care for and look after your orchids. Um, also come, so that is, so I'll give you more information on the, the upcoming event at TBG, which is, like I said, put on by the Southern Ontario Orchid Society. So you could also Google that if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Weekend of February 10th and 11th. Um, Monday, February the 12th, the Agent Court Garden Club will be hosting their meeting. 8 o'clock in the evening at the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland at Shepherd. Guest speaker is Dorothy Grecki. Uh, new plants for spring is her topic. Socialising, laughing, lots of members, good group to, to join, all uh, levels of ability. So, you know, novice. You're learn something. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's if only learning. Have a good time. And yeah. you're totally having a good time. And of course, they have great treats as well. Many of these clubs do. Um, also mark on your calendars the following weekend, Saturday, February 17th, is an annual event at the Toronto Botanical Gardens called Get the Jump on Spring. Mm. So it brings together a bunch of different uh, vendors, exhibitors, showcasing products, selling stuff, experts, you know, on stage, sharing their knowledge. Um, CD Saturday will be happening that day. So lots of uh, um, uh, sort of access to great seeds, not to mention unusual seeds, free parking, free admission. 2.30 that afternoon, Saturday, February 17th, I will be on stage speaking on great gardens with less water. And um, that's all I'm going to tell you for now. All righty. Well, we have to take a little bit of a break. And meantime, uh, those lines are open for you to call. In fact, we've got some callers waiting already to have a chat with you, Charlie. Mm-hmm. So we'll be along with those uh, callers in just a moment here on Zoomer Radio as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, here we go, a little trip out to the West, West Lorne, that is, yes. and there's Sharon. Good morning, Sharon. Welcome to the show. Good morning. I'm just going to turn my radio down. Oh, sure. Okay. That's a good idea to do Okay. That. Good morning. Okay. How are you? Um, good morning. How are you this morning? Excellent. That's good. Um, what I'm calling for is, um, I know it's about time to start fertilizing uh, plants, mm-hmm. and um, I was wondering how often, like these are indoor plants, how often should I um, be fertilizing them? I use miracle Grow. Uh, at this time of year, if you are going to do some fertilizing of indoor plants, uh, assuming that these are, you know, regular green plants, they're not flowering at this point. No, I no, would, no they're, they're green plants. Yeah, I would, I would uh, put it on the calendar once a month. Once a month, okay. Yeah, if you look on the package of Miracle Grow, it'll probably tell you to do it every ten days or so. But, uh-huh. uh, but if you fertilize that much or that often, uh, this early in the growing season, it'd be very easy to over-fertilize. Okay. Because, the, okay. you know, remember, fertilize, and the other thing is, when we fertilize, we really encourage the plants to grow. Uh-huh. So, so before you know it, you're going to have to be repotting plants, and they're going to be hitting the ceiling, and you're mm-hmm. going to be phoning me saying, my plants are all too big, what do I do now? So, so you know, look for that, that balance. You do want to feed them, because they will be starved for nutrient in that pot, uh-huh. um, but just don't overdo it or you'll be, you know, sort of kicking so yourself. once a month for... Yeah, uh, once a month during the growing season. So yeah. you could start now at the end of January and just go right through till sort of end of August. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, thanks very much. Have a good weekend, both of you. You Thank too. you, Sharon. Thanks okay, you have a good trip. Oh, thanks very much. <laughs> I certainly will. I'll have a, I'll have a Mai Tai in your honor. I hope you have a horrible trip. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, dear. <laughs> that being said, uh, Frank reaches for the bell and, and hits me over the head hey, with that's, it. <laughs> well, I haven't thought about it. That's for Dennis in Mississauga, who's a first-time caller. Morning, Dennis. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie. Um, I, I've, I've been growing potatoes for uh, many years, mm-hmm. and last year I cleared a plot up near the cottage, up at the cottage, mm-hmm. and uh, I noticed what appeared to be green, the only way I can describe them is green tomatoes on the stalks of the potatoes. Oh, on the stalks above ground? Yes. Uh, and they look like, tem- you, well, you know what they are? They're seeds. They're potato seeds. Potato, potato seeds? Yeah, yeah. Potatoes will form seeds above ground. Obviously, oh. we typically propagate from the tubers below ground, but they will they will form seeds. It's a slower way to grow them, but uh, that that's what I would assume. Now, keeping in mind, you know, potatoes and tomatoes are the same family, so they look a lot the same, and so, you know, that might be what why you thought they look like tomatoes, but um, no, they're likely just part of the potato plant. So I could uh, resow them. Yep, you can. It'll. Yep, you can. You can grow them from seed. Okay. No question. Um, and there is a funny. I, I don't know if you've heard of it. There was a a grafted plant that was available. I'm not sure if it was available in Canada. It was definitely available in the states about two years ago in the spring, and they called it. Um, I think they called it uh, ketchup and fries. And, and what it was was a tomato plant <laughs> that was grafted onto a potato plant so that below ground you grew your potatoes and above ground you grew your tomatoes all on one plant. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, wow. Pretty, pretty <laughs> silly. Eh? So, but it was great. You know, it's a, yeah. a really kind of cute and also takes up less space than two different plants. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Yeah, Thank thanks. you very much. Thanks very for welcome. joining Enjoy us. Your show. Thank, well, thank you. you. You bet. Bye-bye now. Dennis from Mississauga signing off there, and that uh, leaves, in fact, a couple of lines open here at uh, 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere in the province, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And let's, uh, let me see what's happening in Seaforth, Ontario. There's Eva. Good morning, Eva. Welcome to the show. Good morning for you, too. Good morning. I finally got to the point that I call you. I got last year a very nice Christmas cactus as a present. Mm-hmm. It was full of blooms, and since then it's not blooming, but I have on the tip of the leaves the flower, the bud. Oh, yeah. But it's not opening up. How long have And I, I put the short um, fertilizer on it when I water it, too. Okay. Uh, which is fine. Is the Christmas cactus in lots of sun, the sunniest window you've got? Well, I only have uh, two windows in the room, but they're bright, you know, and uh, on the summertime, it's full sun. Okay. And on the wintertime, it's a bit darker, but as soon as the sun comes out, it comes around that window, and uh, the cactus is sitting on the coffee table. Okay, so... If you could put the Christmas cactus on the window ledge or closer to the window, that would be better for two reasons. One is there'd be more light. Actually, uh, the the plant would be exposed to more light. And number two, it would be exposed to the cooler temperatures that are near the window. And the Christmas cactus would like that. See, I have two problems. The one is I can't put it on the window ledge. Mm -hmm. And the second one is that... um, as you said, that if it's closer, it gets more cooler. Mm-hmm. But I have the heating fan then there. Right. and it's So it's no good. So is it the kind of heat that's a duct that blows from the ground? Right. That comes up in front of the window. Uh, 
Okay, is it attached to the wall or on the floor? The, by me, on the floor. Yeah, because you know what I do with those? You're right, they're all, the heat um, ducts and vents are always around our windows because yes. they, they blow and keep the condensation off the windows, etc. So what I do is I go to my local Home Depot or whatever and pick up something called a vent deflector. And it's just a plastic, um, magnetized... Uh, sort of curved gizmo that the magnets stick on top of the vent, and when when the heat wants to blow straight up about you know cr- over the window, it actually I blow it across the floor into the room. Yeah, and, I heard about it, but then again, I can't. I don't have enough space to put it under yeah. under ledge. Okay, but yeah, I was just going to say that is a way that you can. Yeah, get I know what you mean. Avoid that hot air because you're right. The the plant would not <clears throat> want the hot air blowing on it. And so, the same thing with the with the orchid. I have the orchid. And I replant, not replanted, but cut it back. And now the flower is growing because it's at front of um, the other window, mm-hmm. and it's higher up on the on the table. Right. So the orchid is probably quite happy because they're if they're in a bright spot, they don't need direct sunlight. They just want to be in a bright spot. Mm-hmm. The, the Christmas cactus would prefer sunnier, the sunniest that you can possibly give it. Um, so, so you, you think I should change it and uh, switch it over? Well, if if the brightest spot would be the best for the Christmas cactus. And the only other suggestion is um, try not... If the buds are forming, but they're not actually producing flowers, mm-hmm. then I would uh, tr- hold back on the watering. When you think it's time to water and you feel the soil and the soil feels very dry, mm-hmm. wait another week and then water. So yeah. just because I usually water it maybe once a week if they're lucky. <laughs> yeah. So you, Well, the orchid you're going to want to probably... To maintain that kind of watering schedule, because it doesn't want to dry right out to the point of, you know, right, wilted right. and limp. Whereas the Christmas cactus does. Like the dry, if you really let it dry right out and then water thoroughly, you mm-hmm. will find that will help with the flower buds forming. That just that sort of extreme uh, sort of drought situation will okay. cause those flowers to. to all right. Burst. I also chopped it back on the fall because it was all over the place, oh, you yeah. know. Okay, that's So good. I thought maybe that's what it is, but the little um, buds on the top of the tip, yep. it was, it's still sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, like I, think, I, like I say, the more sun, the better, and the extreme watering schedule might make a big difference for that Christmas cactus. Okay, then. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks Eva. Have a Bye great for day. now. Thank you, and uh, have a great day in Seaforth. And yep. don't be a stranger. Where is Seaforth? Uh, I believe uh, along uh, Lake Huron, if I'm not uh, mistaken. I like the name um, Seaforth. Yeah. I'm going to uh, look it up. Okay. And yeah, no, I'll have to Google that now. That's okay. I got refresh it. Refresh my I'm noggin. It. Meantime, we have to take a little bit of a break, Charlie, here mm-hmm. on The Garden Show, which emanates directly, as I mentioned, from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. But we want to catch us in the downtown area, Crystal Clear FM. It's 96.7 FM here in Toronto. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and elsewhere, of course, AM 740. Right. Will you be taking a radio with you on your travels? Uh, do you know, I'm, I actually put... Or a put that in the list. Or something. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, I'll take my no, I have no, not no computer. No, I got my phone, and I got got through to tell us and found out how I can at least take the phone without having all those, you know, uh, data charges right. add up. Anyway, so I can like phone you every day. And, oh, you know, sure, bug me. Cost oh, you, you a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> we're coming, <laughs> we're coming back in moments to say hi to Ray and St. Catharines after these words on Zuma Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias. For 
Scythia and Foxclubs, Marigolds, Magnolia, Lavender and Lupins, Dahlias, Delphiniums, Stalks, Flocks, Hollyhocks, Tulips and Sweet Williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, if you enjoy uh, ice wine in particular, you might want to head to the St. Catharines area. This is the last day, I guess it is, last no, weekend. Yeah, last weekend. We, we, right, uh, for the Ice Wine Festival. And uh, with that in mind, from St. Catharines, here's Ray. Good morning, Ray. Hello, hello, good morning. Good morning. I uh, love the show, listen every week. Great <laughs> stuff. Okay, so today I wanted to ask about, I have read that um, eggshells, um, mm. either to uh, roughly break them up into small pieces and put in the flower pots mm-hmm. as fertilizer, mm-hmm. or to crush by hand and put in the bottom of the pot along with stones mm-hmm. for drainage and nutrients. Is this true or? Well, okay, so eggshells are made out of, uh, they're predominantly calcium and phosphorus, both of okay. which are required nutrients for plants. Um, plants have a long list of um, both micro and macronutrients, which are essential for their growth and, and uh, success as plants and maturity and flower formation, etc. So, yes, um, nothing wrong with eggshells. They certainly do help plants grow. Keep in mind, though, the breakdown of eggshells or the release of things like calcium from an eggshell to be available to a plant is a long process. It's not just a crush it up, drop it in the pot, and now the calcium is all floating around available to the plants. It is a, a, it's a, you know, it's like glaciers. It's got, it'll take a while right. for, the, for that calcium right. to become available. But yes, it does well, then, contribute to good drainage. Um, I'm not a big fan of rocks in the bottom of pots. Always plant into pots with holes, so you've got drainage holes. Uh, and then you're right, you could put like a shard or a rock just over the hole so that the soil doesn't all pour out the bottom of the pot. But don't just put a big you know, multi-layer of rocks in the bottom of the pot because you're just losing a spot where roots could be growing. Right? You, you know, it kind of defeats the purpose mm-hmm. of of a bigger but if pot. you don't have, if you have a pot without drainage holes, then make one. <laughs> get out your drill. Get out your whatever. Oh, you, you, okay. yeah. <laughs> or don't. You don't like the rock idea at all. <laughs> well, no, I don't. Um, and I don't yeah. like planting into pots without drainage. So, but okay. maybe you could buy like a, a an ugly pot that could sit inside the beautiful pot and the ugly pot of course would just be a, a nursery pot a green or a right, black right, pot that right. does have drainage and can sit inside the more beautiful pot without the drainage and use it as a we call it a cash pot or an over pot um, yeah but yeah no the yeah. rocks there's no advantage to putting the rocks you don't they you don't do the plants any favor whatsoever putting inches of rocks in the bottom you actually okay. take away the uh, ability of the plant to use the entire pot to grow roots and therefore, you know, be a happier plant. Yeah, that's true. But, um, right, but eggshells... Well, back to the, yep, back no to worries. the eggshell, yep, though, yep. would I be better off to... Might I then um, crush the eggshells and let them sit in in water? No, and no. Then it would it would like it extract the calcium, the no. nutrients, and then no, no, because it's actually. 
um, microorganisms in the soil that are going to start the biological activity that will slowly but surely break down the eggshells and release the nutrients into the surrounding soil. So, no, don't be soaking in water. You'll regret that. Just don't hesitate to, you know, crush them up in your hands as small as you can. The smaller, the better, because that way they will break down faster. And mix in with your potting soil. No worries. If you're gardening outdoors, same thing. Eggshells into the garden soil. Wonderful idea, plus the slugs and snails hate them. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Right? Okay. <laughs> okay, Marcia. Thanks. Great. Thanks, Thanks for you joining. Call. Thank you. All righty. Uh, uh, there we are uh, from St. Catherine's Ray. Uh, mm-hmm. I was looking at my list next, and it indicates that I have to reach for my bell. Oh, yeah, lovely. just singing here. Hey, that's for Marcia in Streetsville. Good morning, Marcia. Good morning. How are you both? Great. Great. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. My first time call. Um, I wanted to ask about, I have a hellebora in the front flower garden, Mm -hmm. and it is covered in buds, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of of older foliage around it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, is it during the snow and the cold, is it in in place to protect it, or can I clear it away or cut it off to to show off the, the blooms? Okay, so it is still only January. Yes. So I would not be encouraging those blooms to open just yet because we still have more winter coming. Okay. What, what I do with my hellebores is um, I, after I take down my Christmas tree and take off all the decorations, I cut off the lower limbs. Oh, really? Uh, okay. And then I put the, those branches over top of the hellebores after Christmas. And what that does is it protects the leaves and the flowers, keeps everything dormant. Because you're right, you get some nice sunny days and some rain, and those hellebores are going to say, hey, it's spring, time mm-hmm. to wake up. So if you have anything like that kicking around, whether it's you know, some leaves, anything, don't hesitate to just sort of keep that those hellebores under whatever kind of cover you can. Leave those brown leaves there for now, because again, they are providing some protection. Um, they are helping to keep the plant dormant. Okay, how long uh, for? Like, I'll well, tell about when. It's, a bit, it's the east, east uh, mm-hmm. exposure uh, up against a, a brick wall. You see, yeah, and that gets nice and warm, and it, it teases things, I think. Yeah, exactly. That brick warms up and then passes that, radiates that heat mm-hmm. into the soil and into the plants nearby. So until around the end of March, or what do you think? Well, yeah, see how the weather goes, right? We're, we're just going to have to monitor it. Um, I, for all we know, we could be under three feet of snow at the end of March, and, <laughs> oh, and then please. that plant will be dormant again because mm-hmm. it'll be under snow. So you're right. It's one of those things that we kind of just have to be like we are now, snow gone, mm-hmm. and start getting some warmer weather and at that point you know you're not going to stop the buds at some point they're going to just pop Uh and it's assuming that the ground and the garden is dry enough for you to walk in there pruners in hand yes indeed cut away all the brown foliage new green foliage will emerge Uh actually it's not brown it's it's still green but it's it's a very huge plant i've never tried to Uh cut it back or split it or do anything well you can you can do some splitting on it And, and, and for all you know there could be more than one plant in there right now Possibly, yeah. I it takes up about a three-foot span. Yeah, yeah and I, the hellebores will, uh, some of them will uh, uh, pop seeds out and grow oh. new babies all around them. Oh, so yeah. the, okay. the clump can get quite large and mm-hmm. lovely, mm-hmm. lovely plants. And it sounds like you've gotten a great spot there. Oh, with it. it's beautiful. Yes. And I can, everybody says, oh, your flower's going to bloom. They're so excited about it. <laughs> well, that's why you want to slow it down. So, yeah, like, for sure. Okay, leaves, that's bows, wonderful news, and I thank bales. you ever so much. Okay, thank thanks you for, for joining us. Nice to talk to you both. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care, and thanks for joining us here on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM in downtown.
Toronto. And by golly, we're uh, going crazy on the uh, first time callers. There we are. Your That's, arm is getting a serious workout. You can tell it. It's hurting. <laughs> You're going to need a two-week vacation. <laughs> John in Dunville. Good morning. Good morning, John. A most pleasant morning to you, young lady. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, I have a tea rose. Uh-huh. I was living with my wife at the end of a, uh, a woman's get-together last spring. Mm-hmm. And I had it in the house for a while, and I said, eh, it looks like I'm going to do something. So I put it outside on the north side of my house. Mm-hmm. And this little guy gave me about two or three nice, beautiful little roses. Mm-hmm. So come the, the fall, I brought it in mm-hmm. along with all my geraniums. Okay. And I've been feeding it the same way I've been feeding a geranium. Right. My problem is I'm getting a massive amount of foliage <laughs> and no flower. No flowers. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so you're calling it a tea rose. Is it a mini rose? Like it's a small, it was a small plant with small flowers? Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, where is it now? Have you got it in the brightest, sunniest location? In, yes, in I have it uh, in my sunroom. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, facing south. Okay, perfect. Well, it could just be that we have gone through some of the darker days of winter, and of course we are now on the upswing. Our days are getting longer. Of course, spring is coming. So the rose could be, you know, it sounds happy with lots of green leaves and Perhaps you've been fertilizing it, uh, and of course all that sunshine, it you know, sounds like a happy plant. With the days getting longer and the intensity of the sun and the heat and everything increasing, I think you'll find that that rose will begin to set some buds imminently. It just hasn't done it yet. Because remember, it is just January, so these plants are just kind of getting the, the hang of the fact that spring is coming. Right? I'm sorry, I... Uh uh, we've got some low volume here, and I didn't quite hear what you said. Okay. So, I said don't worry. But flowers will come. Okay. Okay. It's <laughs> well, what do I do with all this foliage? I stop fertilizing. <laughs> you know, if you've been, don't feed the plant. You might be getting a lot of foliage because of fertilizing. So slow down on that and only water when it's dry. And you're going to have to leave the foliage for now. If you cut it back, you could be risking flowers. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks, John. Okay, John, and uh, keep in touch with us. Let us know when those uh, little buds do pop out. Okay. Okay. All the very best. Have a fantastic day. Thank thank you. You You too. We will. Uh, yeah, it might turn to buy, by the way, when we go to breakfast. And th- that's, that's the reason she, uh, Charlie was smiling this morning when we first met. Eh, you, your turn to buy. Yeah, of course, he goes yeah. on holidays, so he's not here to buy breakfast. <laughs> well, <laughs> should I li- have a little fun there? Exactly, in, yeah. yeah. In lieu of, Frank, could, here's my yeah, money. <laughs> that's right. When we go for breakfast, you can oh. pay in advance oh, for the sure. breakfast you're going to miss. Oh, jeez. Oh. Uh, Evelyn. I like that. <laughs> you love that idea. <laughs> Evelyn in Toronto. Good morning. Morning. I'm going to come to breakfast with you. Oh, there you go. You're welcome to. <laughs> but I may have to treat. So I have um, a quick question and just a clarification about the Toronto yes. Botanical Garden 
Orchid Society meeting. Mm-hmm. And when when was that, Charlie? I'm sorry, I missed it. Actually, I didn't give the full information, so let me tell you. It is the weekend of Valentine's Day. Okay. So it is February 10th and 11th. Okay. It happens at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, which is um, Leslie and Lawrence. Yeah. So it's open all day Saturday, 11 to 5, Sunday, 11 to 5. Uh, early morning, there, there are some special times when photographers can go in, uh, pay extra, and bring in tripods. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a, such a busy show and so crowded, there's no tripods allowed. Okay. But you will want to take pictures because there's 9,000 square feet of orchids. Oh, my Beautiful. 30,000 blooming yeah. orchids are right there before your very eyes. It's super beautiful. That sounds lovely. And you mentioned there was a speaker or a woman who was the head of the society. Well, Terry Kennedy is a longtime or- uh, orchid oh, sorry, grower. I what you said. Terry Kennedy? Uh, yeah, her first name is Terry. Her last name is Kennedy. She'll be here in studio with myself and Sean James next Saturday. Oh, great. So, and she knows everything about orchids. She So I, that's what we we're saying is, Hold your orchid questions for next week, as yeah. Terry can answer them absolutely correctly. I wing it. I, I've killed more orchids than the average. <laughs> so. That sounds fantastic. That sounds great. Okay. And then the quick garden question yeah. is, uh, we do have a Hanuki cypress that's south-facing. Okay. And uh, I don't know if it's going to do it this year. It seems to be getting more and more sparse. And what happens that, um, last summer was that there were um, areas of the of the cypress where it was brown, and those sort of leaves would, or I guess it's not leaves, would well, yeah. crumble off, yeah. and then it would grow taller, but mm-hmm. it just didn't fill out. It was seems sparse. And right, because the older growth is falling off, and new growth is forming at the tips. Is there anything that we should... You know what I would do? So you said it's a southern location. Yes. Two things. Uh, in the spring, I would get a hold of either, do you make compost at home at all? Or I haven't, but I'm willing to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's a bit of a slow process, so you yeah. can't kind of do it overnight. But you can certainly go to your local garden center and just pick up a couple of bags of composted manure. Okay. And what I would do, Hinoki Cypress likes a very, uh, a soil that is high in organic matter. Because the, the which uh, composted manure, of course, will add, you know, as an amendment around that plant or in that garden, that would be a very good thing for the Hinoki cypress because it would love that high organic matter, lots of moisture retention when that when you use organic material around uh, these evergreens. So you will, you should not see such sparse, like, it is okay for the older leaves, if you will, to fall and mm-hmm. new leaves to form, but you don't want, want the plant to end up all scraggly and, and not pretty. You want it exactly. to still look good and have good form so <clears throat> the manure will help with that it'll help new growth grow inside the plant and uh, at, I would also with that southern location consider mulch on top of the, the garden at the end once you've you know spring is here and it's early June two to three inches of an organic chopped up you know bark kind of mulch again helping to hold that moisture in the soil during the, the hot hot sunny summer days Okay. And when would you use the composting manure? Well, once you're in the garden, once spring starts. It oh, could be April, it could be May. We just don't know when it's going to really hit. But once, yeah. we're, once we're out there and the birds are singing and, you know, the sun is shining, that's when you, we get out there and start doing some amending of our garden soil. Oh, Th- thank you very much, Evelyn. We have thank to kind of scoot so along thank here. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Thanks so much. Uh, we've, we've got uh, Charlie uh, Harry waiting in Waterloo, but we'll get to him in just moments after we take this.
his break next on Zuma Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Uh, we have uh, Harry, who's been waiting so patiently there. Hello, and welcome to the show, Harry. How do you know I'm patient? <laughs> <laughs> Morning, you guys. Morning. Morning. Yeah, I just wanted to comment about my Christmas cactus. I, uh, I've had Christmas cactus for probably 55 or 60 years. Mm-hmm. And I have one now that's at least 35, or, I don't know, 35, maybe 40 years. Yeah, they live a long Hume, time. Humongous yeah. big thing. Mm-hmm. It's about uh, two and a half, three feet across. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the lady that was asking about the buds on right. the end mm-hmm. that don't want to mature, sometimes mm-hmm. they are the leaves right. that are forming. Yeah, the little bl- red, they look like, could be flower that's buds. That's right. But they they could look be. like little buds, but yep, they're true. actually the leaf that's, that's going to, you Good know, point. eventually come out bigger. That's right. It's going to turn green, but it starts as a little red the green bud. leaf, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the little uh, little pieces eventually that drop off have little roots mm-hmm. sort of started already. Yep. And I put them in water, and then I, I put them, you know, in soil, and then they grow. I've given plants away for years. I guess, yeah. My Christmas cactus are right in the window mm-hmm. area, full sun, mm-hmm. and, and cool. Mm-hmm. I never move them. Yeah, you don't. Do you ever even turn them? You must turn them, don't you? Uh, only once in a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they're big. They seem to grow evenly for some reason or other. Oh, nice. I don't know. Nice. Some well, plants you... I turn, others I do not. I've got about sixty-five plants in the house. Well, wow. Yeah. So, but you sounds like you've got some nice specimens. Like you got some good genetics there. When they well, they I've got that... a lot of cacti too, or <laughs> cactus, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And and when they drop off, I put those in plant, you know, in the ground, and then they grow. <laughs> yeah. Every... <laughs> but anyway, I, I have fun. My Christmas cactus bloom probably three, the odd odd time, four times a year. Mm-hmm, nice. So, so I think that cool temperature is helping that you yes, mentioned because they are, they do. But they I just wanted to let to that light. lady know that sometimes those are yeah. the leaves that are growing, yeah. not not actually a bud itself. Yeah. Good point. So I in hope between, Eva. Is still the, the growth of the flowers or the blooms, they do extend that little green leaf, mm-hmm. and that sometimes is is it looks like a bud. Mm-hmm. Starts out looking like a flower, but it's actually starts out looking leaf like bud. a flower bud. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, anyway, th- you guys take thanks, care. Harry. Thanks, Harry. Appreciate that. Thank you, Harry. And Catch I you hope- later. Okay. Great. And I hope Eva is listening. That was Eva from Seaforth yeah. who was calling about the Christmas cactus earlier. Yeah, sounds like uh, Harry has two green thumbs there. My <laughs> gosh. Very- 65 plants, did he say? Yes. Huh? Wow. And it sounds like he doesn't kill anything. He just keeps propagating. <laughs> yeah. Just has more and more. Well, I'll tell you what. We've got a little bit of a decision. Maybe what we'll do is, is take another break here, our mm-hmm. final break of the show, okay. and then come back and have a word with uh, Lorraine in Toronto. So uh, if by the way, you you wanted to call in. This would be an excellent time to give Charlie a call in Toronto, 416-360-0740, or anywhere in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Back in a moment. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Wow, we've got a full plate ahead of us here. And the calls are just we do. Screaming well in here. done. Uh, Lorraine, <laughs> who has been on hold for a little bit, happily now, uh, joining us here in Toronto. Lorraine, good morning. Welcome good morning, to the show. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. What I'm calling about is I have a 
plant here that has like little tiny sticky cotton balls mm. in the li- on the leaves and has spread to my aloe vera. Oh. Don't want what that. are they, and what can I do to cure them? Okay, so what they are is an insect called mealy bug, M-E-A-L-Y yes. bug. So mealy bugs are sucking juices from your plant and mm-hmm. ultimately going to destroy and kill the plants. Mm-hmm. And the cotton stuff is actually a waxy coating that they put on top of their backs that protects them from, in the real world, you know, birds eating them. Uh, yeah, rain. when you pick them off, they're sticky. Oh, I see little tiny, uh, like a... Uh, yellowy thing on the side. That's the insect, yeah. Yeah. So what you're going to do is you're going to get some Q-tips and some rubbing alcohol, and uh-huh. you're going to dip your Q-tips into rubbing alcohol, and then you're going to touch that rubbing alcohol onto the mealybugs. Okay. You're going to try and avoid touching the plant because the rubbing alcohol will hurt the plant, but it okay. will also kill the bugs. If will you it can, spread to the cactuses and that? It or? could. So you want to isolate any plants that are showing any evidence of the mealybug. They need to be quarantined away from other plants. Okay. And and then you've got to just, you got to start this process of the rubbing alcohol thing and you're going to have to do that every single day for the next 2 weeks. You just have to keep looking for any evidence of more mealybug. Okay, if I will. I just found them last week, so oh, good. Yeah, okay. yeah. Otherwise, you know, a soap spray can make a difference if the plants are small enough. Take them into the shower, so you know, soap soap them down with soap and water and then a good thorough rinse uh, uh-huh. after that. And again, that's going to be a multi spray situation in order to kill the mealybugs, but uh-huh. isolation is your first thing. Put them in their own special little hospital ward and get on killing those bugs. Otherwise, the, the bugs will kill the plants. Okay, I'll do that now. I'm looking at them. Okay, okay. good. Thank you. And <laughs> you have a great holiday. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I hope and it rains I'll... every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hopefully I'll see you at the show in February. Charlie. Excellent. Good, good stuff. stuff. Okay. Thank, thank you. Wonderful. Look forward to seeing you. That's the Get the Jump on Spring show at the Toronto Botanical Gardens. I, I love alliteration, as you know. I do know so that. So on, on behalf of the guys who are going to follow us, Dave's Corner Garage, here's <laughs> Karen from Cayuga. Get the engine started. Karen, good morning. Morning, Good morning. Karen. Yes, it used to be called Dragway Park Cayuga. Uh, now it's yeah. Toronto Motorsports, so people get confused because they're nowhere near Toronto. That's right. <laughs> uh, here's my question. Yesterday we had a um, ash tree removed, uh-huh. and it um, beautiful tree. It had a huge crack in it, so we had to take it down. It was just too precarious, um, sadly, because we only had two trees. Mm-hmm. Here's my question. I had sitting about six feet planted in the garden, I had um, a three-foot lilac with beautiful pink Mm. blossoms that only had two blossoms on it last year because it basically looks like three sticks sticking out of the ground. That's how small it is. A lot of the bark has been, well, many places on it have been um, ripped. What can I use as a band-aid? So what did they do? They dropped branches onto the lilac in this? Well, it was very close, and it got scratched up a bit, and there's some exposed, like the outer layer, so you can see the green under. Yeah. Is there anything I can plaster around it or get it through, get it through the rest of the winter? Uh, you could consider uh, go out to a local garden center and get a hold of some burlap. They okay. likely have, even like the Home Depots, they probably still have burlap in the stores left over from the fall. Oh, sure. When uh, people use burlap as a, a protection for uh, particularly evergreens. So okay. you, what you could do is make a bit of a tent around the lilac. If it, and The ground is frozen, so you won't yes, be able to get posts into the ground. But at, right. least, at least you could do it 
a, um, a soft, gentle, fairly loose wrap of the plant. And the only reason you're going to do that is, is for that protection from the sun, the wind, the insects, diseases. So there's a good chance that the, the bark will, will heal itself. I don't need to plaster anything on it there or is no plaster. mud patty. Or... <laughs> yeah, you wish, right? You wish you could just <laughs> put a, ba- wish, a band-aid, yeah. a little polysporin. And a band-aid, yeah. yeah. Well, basically that's what the burlap's going to act like. It's going to act like a band-aid temporarily. Okay. Once, once spring is here and the sun is shining, it, because that's the, what could kill it. If the bar, if enough bark is missing, it could kill the plant. So okay. you want the plant to heal itself. And so it's going to need some sunshine and some dry, you know, some dry wind, et cetera, et cetera, for that to happen. Okay. And uh, right now that's not going to happen. So no. you're just going to use that loose burlap to protect it in the meantime. As soon okay. as we get some nice sunny spring weather, Get that burlap off of there. You're going to trim away any ragged, jagged bits, which you could even do now. You want everything to be a clean, clean yeah. cuts wherever the, the damage was done. Okay. So whether it's the tips of the plant or the bark that's shredded, get, you know, make, sure, make sure it's all nice and clean because healing is much easier when it, where it's a clean cut. Okay, okay, super. Thank Let you so much. Let us know how that works out, because you don't want to lose that. It sounds pretty yeah. I don't want to lose it. It's finally going to have a lot of sun, because the port, well, the beautiful tree that oh, was good there yep. was shading it. Now I thought, yay, it's got a new time. You're going to get some flowers if it can survive. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much. Okay, You're very thank welcome. you, Karen. Thanks for uh, calling. We have time for one more yeah, call here, I guess and it's go a first-time enough. caller. Oh, and good. from Pelgrave, oh, uh, nice. home of the uh, old radio, old-time radio shop. <laughs> There's <laughs> Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I got an amaryllis bulb for Christmas, and it grew about 12 inches, and I had four blooms on it. And then another stalk came up about 18 inches, Mm -hmm. and I've had four blooms on it. Mm -hmm. Now, they're about five inches across. Now, they're finished, but I've got leaves coming up now. Is that natural? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It all starts with the flowers. So now that the flowers are done, get out your little scissors and cut off the crispy um, dead flowers. Uh But leave the green flower stalk because that is going to help do some photosynthesis for you and fatten up the bulb. Let those leaves grow because same thing. They're going to photosynthesize, fatten up the bulb. So you'll have even more flowers next Christmas. Oh, great. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks Good stuff. Thanks, Diane. And uh, welcome along here. Oh, that was first time caller, right? Yes, it yeah. was. I forgot my bell. I, oh, did you? I yeah. Thought, oh, I think Son you rang it. We're just um, losing track. Are we out of time here? Uh, I, we're pretty close, but okay. we've still got Ruth right, Ann right. there. That's for Ruth Ann in Milton. Good morning, Ruth Ann. Good morning, Frank. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. I have a Norfolk pine that's yeah. about 20 years old. Uh-huh. And the as it, it's very healthy, it grows new branches really well, but when the lower branches die off, mm-hmm. what I've got now, I'm just left with this really long, <sighs> ugly stalk yeah. and, and beautiful new stuff. At the top. You know, for the, uh, like a foot on top, but mm. like two or three feet of, of dead, not dead stuff, but yeah. ugly stuff. Yeah. So, question is, what can you do? Uh, not a lot. <laughs> but you know what I would do if it's that old of a plant, 20 years old, it's probably a good-sized plant, get a nice big tray, a roasting pan, coffee, or cookie sheet, that sort of thing, get some gravel onto that, get the plant sitting on the gravel, get some more humidity around that plant. Norfolk Island pine, they love high humidity. Our homes are not naturally humid enough in the winter, and that's why the lower growth drops and all the new growth is up at the tip. So by getting it onto a 
a, a gravel tray. You're going to increase humidity. You will, you should, might get some lower uh, plant growth. All righty. Thanks, Ruthann. Running right. at a racetrack, as my you would gosh, say. My gosh, look at that. Um, all right. So, Frank, you know, have a my time. Actually, have a pina colada for me. All right. I'll okay. do that. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we'll be thinking about you. Thank you. I, I sort of hope it rains every day, but not really, because Shirley's going to be there, and I yeah. really like Shirley. Well, thank you. And she will appreciate that, too. Thanks, folks, for all your uh, good calls. Wow. Yeah, Super great sure. calls from everyone. Thank you, Frank. Going to miss you. Thanks, Sebastian. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.